presents Story of a Studio, where we meet with recording studio owners and audio professionals, hear of their passions, and share their unique stories with you. Hey, this is Brady with Story of a Studio. Today, we have a great guest with us talking to us about his studio business. Uh, this is Quentin. Uh, how you doing, Quentin? I'm pretty good. Ray. How you doing? Awesome. I'm doing great. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit about his unique remote recording setup, uh, his studio called Studio Go. Uh, very interesting concept, and uh, we're really excited to dig into that. He also has experience both as, a, as an artist on the, in the hip-hop world and uh, a lot of mixing experience as well through his, uh, his business called Mix by Coother. Um, so we want to hear it all. Quentin, um, want to hear all about your history and what you've been through and, and the story behind how you got to where you are today, especially on the, the mobile recording rig. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, how did it begin? How did you get into the music world and, and what what inspired yeah. you? Well, um, I got into the music world through DJing. I started DJing at the age of eight, super young. My pops was like a DJ in New York. He had turntables, tons of records, and I would always see him do it. And then when he'd go off to work and I'd be there with my bigger cousin and he babysit me, I'd kind of sneak on his turntable and said, no, and I wasn't supposed to. Um, Cause he's like, you gotta watch my needles. You know, you break those needles, it's over for those turntables. But yeah, that's what gave me the drive to want to start to do music. You know, like the fact that I jumped on some old school records, started mixing, learned how to use a sampler. You know, I instantly fell in love and, and I was intrigued by you know the music itself like those are old school classic songs you know yeah and then um that ultimately transpired to it's like i'm listening to the beats on the records and i kind of want to kind of want to rap you know i've been listening to a lot of wu-tang you know hearing all these good rappers go on and i start to do it my dad notices and he's like man you got, you got some skills son you know it's, and from there i just kept going as an artist me being a uh, hip hop artist is what ultimately caused me to become an engineer. Um, because, you know, I, at a young age, we literally had a karaoke machine, a microphone, a tape in, a tape in here, you play the song, you record on the other tape with your microphone. You know, it transpired from that to me seeing Acid 4.0 and learning how to use that and record myself. But I had even still like a Logitech microphone skinny as ever sticking out of a shoebox, you know, is my mic stand. Um, and, you know, from there, like, working in a DAW in itself was something different. You know, people already looked at me like, yo, man, you're doing something different, you know? Like, how do you know how to use that? You know, because I instantly jumped on and self-taught myself, you know? I mm -hmm, taught mm -hmm. myself how to pretty much do it from scratch. Even though I wasn't good at mixing at the time, I didn't understand the concept of EQing your vocals and all that. I just knew it recorded. Put it out. Yeah. Poops yeah. and kicks and puffs, you know, all the siblings in the world in there. And we didn't care. But as I got older, I joined the military. Um, from the military, that's when I, I kind of got serious with my artist career. And I started to do more shows. But then again, I started to pay attention to engineers now more. I'm more intrigued by like, why is he doing that? Why, when I leave this studio, my mix sounds like this. When I leave this one, it sounds like this. Like, I don't understand my vocals. And that kind of sparked something for me. 
And after that, you know, I was just like, I'm gonna try to do it myself. Got my own stuff. Doesn't work out. I just I give up at first. And then I go to another studio again. And the studio pretty much kind of like drinks me for 300 bucks for like a two hour session. Worst mix I've ever had. It was it was kind of depressing leaving out of there because it was like a beautiful studio. I'm like, man, it's gonna sound so good. And it sounded terrible, you know. Oh, so man. after that, I was just like, I'm going full force now. I went and talked to my people who I need to talk to. I had a friend who attended um, a school in LA for music. And he pretty much told me what an interface was and all that stuff. So I went and grabbed a Focus Strike uh, Sapphire Pro. That was my first interface, with Firewire. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I instantly go in and start recording. I think I got it now. I'm using Studio One at the time. And this is great. You know, it's like an easy doll to use. It kind of gave me that acid feel. And I'm like, you know, I could definitely do this. I start putting my music out on SoundCloud. And people are like, dude, man, you suck. Your mixes are terrible, man. Like, I'm like, oh, God, no. Like, and that right there just gave me the drive to want to continue to get better at my mixes. Now I'm I'm being an artist, but I'm more focused on my sound. Yeah. I, and I started to notice it transpire, you know, like it became something else. And then it's now after album after album, because after my first album, I've mixed all my music since then. And I'm literally on my seventh album, you know, so. Wow, good for you. And that's not to mention like EPs or anything like that, but everything in between there was all done by me. And um, it got to a point where I'm like, you know what? I can't learn anymore from YouTube. I can't do it. It's like, I got to go and learn from the masters, you know, so I decided to go to SAE and study up with everybody at SAE. And, and instantly from the time I jumped in there, I felt like I learned so much. Like I needed a foundation. And that foundation was understanding frequencies and understand, you know, the human anatomy of the ear and why you need to rest your ears because they compress after a while, you know, like, uh, and school taught me Pro Tools. I would have never used Pro Tools if it wasn't for SA. You know, mm-hmm. like, they pretty much laid it down for me. After I understood how to do Pro Tools, I instantly ran to my boy's house. Like, I got to take my big computer. I'm like, look at my desktop over there. <laughs> take it over there and I show him. He's like, Yo, you're actually pretty good. Like, yo, you just learn how to do this. He's like, this looks insane to me. It's like algebra times 10 calculus. Like, it's not that bad. But he like, you came over here and set your stuff up. You know, you just like started recording, bro. That's kind of cool that you pulled up with your equipment. And I'm like, that, that was pretty cool. Huh? I'm like, it sounds good, right? He like, yeah, bro. I just, you know what? I think I'm going to start trying to build a mobile studio. And that's when the idea came to me. You know, it was just like, I can go door to door to people, you know, and actually do this. And this is when, just when COVID started to hit. So instantly it was just like, nobody's going to the studio. Right. And it kind of worked out for me, you know, in my favor. Cause I'm like, now I can bring the studio to you. And everybody's all skeptical about how it sounded. But ultimately I made sure I made the right preparations. We ain't got the chaotic eyeball. I'm like, man, this thing makes you sound like you're in the studio. Every time you record, you don't get none of that. None of the acoustics. Man, like, all right. You know, I had a, I had a better interface at the time. Like, you know, so I was feeling confident. I went and bought a Neumann. Got, like, yeah, I got pristine equipment. You know, like, I can actually do this. And it it, it works for me. It definitely works for me. And it, and it brought me to a studio in Brooklyn um, called Voice 101. 
And ultimately, I end up clashing into them there, and they, they hire me on the spot. They're like, you know, come in for an interview. We'll check you out. And they hire me on the spot. The lead engineer was like, yeah, he's pretty good. He understands what he's doing. He's not just doing it, just to do it. You know, like, he's seen it somewhere. And that place instantly brought me so much more clientele. Like, to the point where my schedule was, like, slam booked all the time. Whether I'm there or I'm on the go, like, you know, I'm... I, would, I just want to plan to start recruiting people, mm-hmm. you know, and make it something big. I want it to be like Uber, you know, but with like recording in a sense. With you Studio Go. Yeah, you get a good app, there you go. But as I was doing that, I noticed like, hey, people need mixing and mastering. I know how to do it. After they, you know, record, sometimes they may not have enough time to do that. And that's when Mix by Kuta comes into play where it's like, hey, I'm your remote mixing and master engineer. And what I do is I'll sit on the Zoom video with the client and I'll mix your song right on the Zoom with you, share screens. And you sit in the session with me the whole time while I'm mixing. And it's like, you know, we're in the studio mm-hmm. in a sense, you know? So it still kind of gives you that mobile studio vibe. Just the other day I had a mixing job and they had three people in the Zoom meeting. You know, it's like, they're like hanging out in the studio, like listening to me mix it. And I'm just like, this is actually pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, which yeah, I, I'll, I'll bet I'll that's a uh, uh, great experience for your clients too. Yeah, most definitely. They get to sit in, they get to see you working, they get to see the process. It's not all hidden behind the scenes, but yes. they see what you're doing and how it's shaping how their sound. Repetitiously, I have to listen to the same thing over and like, you know, so <laughs> they definitely got it. They're like, man, we didn't know it took that much to do it. You know, we thought it just record, boom, boom, you're done. I'm like, no, there's some fading you got to do. You got to do a lot more things, you know, it's automation that needs to be done. It's, vocal cleaning and all that good stuff. Absolutely. They see it. They're like, I don't know how you do it, bro. Like, You've put in the time. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, if, if they're approaching you with that perspective, you know, I don't know how you're doing it, bro. Like, I don't know. I don't understand how you're making it sound this good. It's funny because it wasn't that long ago when you were in that same position, right? Yes. And and it sounds like, I mean, you you had some incredible experience, both with your father kind of getting you into the music and, and sharing the passion. Uh, but up to the point where you were an artist and you started mixing your own music, and it sounds like the catalyst was that point when you're putting your music out there. That's a hard thing to do as an artist sometimes. Yeah. But you're putting your music yeah. out there and you've got all these critics who yeah, just they're hating everything. Man. Yeah, which which is crazy <laughs> anyway. But sometimes I think that's what it takes is for yeah, us to realize our weaknesses. And, and and those that become great are those that can overcome the weaknesses. They can overcome the critics and and not you know not be pulled down by that, but but be motivated right. to be better. It sounds like you've been there. That, that definitely you know actually it motivated me you know to to see people you know go from like man this is terrible you know to hey it's not bad it's not bad this time you got to work on your compression you know um, yeah. But it, it, it took steps. And in the beginning, it was discouraging because I just wanted to record and make music at the time, you know? But I, I have to be in full control of everything at this point. I got to mix it, make sure it's good to go out there. Putting in two days on one song as a beginning engineer, you know, I'm mixing that song forever. Put it out and they're like, man, this mix is terrible. <laughs> I get it. But now it's just like, Dude, how do you how do you mix like that, bro? It's like, yeah, yeah. You put in the time. That's that's awesome. I'm proud of you, man. Um, tell me, tell me a little bit more about Studio Go. Then, I mean, I mean, 
This is a concept that I think it, I, I've heard of it a couple times, but um, the way you described it to me previously was really intriguing and it, it sounds really unique. Um, I think this is something that we'll probably see a little bit more of as we go along, um, but it's a very unique service that really gives almost a white glove treatment to your clients where they can record wherever they're comfortable. You come to them. Like you said, it's kind of that Uber service uh, of, of the recording world. Now, tell us about your setup and the environment and you know how it all flows. Well, I tried to make my set. So my setup started off pretty big in the beginning. You know, like I said, I was carrying my desktop. So I had a big giant suitcase at first, you know. I said HDMI wire, good. I do everything myself. I was always firm on one plug. That's all I need. All I need is one plug. Plug me in, I got my own power, you know, core with the multiple outlets. That's it. Um, after a while, I'm like, you know, I need to upgrade. Now my studio equipment pretty much is the Apollo Twin X. Um, I have the Mac book. I have my Neumann still. I have a great Hercules, you know, mic stand that just wraps up, goes in my backpack. I'm literally now with a backpack on, Maybe like a gym bag. And I'm coming to your house ready to report. You know, you wouldn't even know that I have a studio with me. You know, I, most of the time I pull up and they're like, well, where, where is the stuff? <laughs> Start unloading my equipment and that's when the magic starts. I recently just got the antelope and I got the uh, on-the-go one, where it's pretty much USB bus power. So that ultimately opened doors for me that I wasn't expecting to happen. Like, you know, my first session literally in the park, we recorded a session in the park. Like, you know, it's like, wow. You don't have to plug anything up. No, my laptop's all charged. Got my interface, let's lock in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that right there was an experience in itself. So I'm worried about sound, I'm worried about them. But that, uh, that eyeball does justice. Yeah, well, and, and that's pretty cool, right? I mean. Studio Go as a concept means you can go anywhere, anywhere, anywhere it's there. wherever you want to, and wherever you feel like you're comfortable recording. You know, like I want my clients to be comfortable, and sometimes the the best songs are made, you know, in the comfortability of you know your home or your hotel, or you know, you're just kicking it, or the park. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. And I had my setup. It was pretty funny because we're like in like a park area. You know, it's a slide. You know, I kind of made it a little. Uh, more plosive because I'm putting my speakers here. I'm gonna put it there next to the monkey bars. Let it look cool, you know. Yeah. And just like the other day when I did a session at literally uh, Surf City across the street from Coney Island, I'm inside of the actual Surf City. It's like a bar, pizza spot. And I'm behind, you know, the bar area, and I got my setup there, and I got the speakers. You see the glasses behind me. And they're like, "Did you really do a session like in Surf City?" Like, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so not only are you running Studio Go and Mix by Kuther, you're doing the the mixing services, you know, as a remote service as well, which is awesome. Uh, but you're still working out of the studio in Brooklyn and and around other studios as well. Tell me, I mean, there's pros and cons of every setup, but what what's your preference? I mean, if you had to pick one, you know, being in a kind of a brick and mortar studio space, you know, a more established studio versus you know, doing your remote services, whether it's recording or mixing, what's your preference? I mean, where would you want to live full time? Um, that's that's definitely been the question as lately. 
I'm not even gonna sit here and sugarcoat it. At one point, I was gonna invest in the studio for myself, just so I can say, hey, this is my headquarters, you know, like this is where my clients can come, you know, and, and always know that they have a spot here, you know, opposed to being on the go. But then again, I'm like, what would I do with my on the go service? You know, that's how people know me. They're like, that's the guy that's walks around with the studio in his backpack, you know, like, and I kind of like that, you know, I right. like the whole ordeal of, of being able to come anywhere to people, like, you know, and, and for them to like get to see that I actually set up and you hear your music and playback and you're like, yo, that was recorded in my house. Or we was like in the hallway, you know, like it gives people a different experience with their music. Just to show them, you know, you can, you can make music anywhere. The magic can happen anywhere, you know, so. I would I would stay on the go, you know. Working in that Brooklyn studio, it kind of kept me real tight, and I was close to the studio because I wanted to be in the studio all the time. It kind of took away from me doing the studio, and I slowed down, major, you know. But I was like, you know, I gotta I gotta find time for my studio clients as well. What do you see for the future of Studio Go? Do you see yourself just continuing to move forward on this path? Do you see the opportunity to grow this into? you know, maybe bringing on other guys under the Studio Go name and, and equipping them and helping them almost like a, a franchise model. I mean, what, where do you Absolutely. see this going? That's, that, that's, that's actually the plan for it. You know, I, I plan to have people do it with me because I already have people that, you know, that's like, hey, we're totally into it. One guy I met at school, he's actually been, you know, pretty much like my partner in crime when it comes to this. You know, he handles... Uh, it's turning over there. I'm like, over here, you know, he's like, let's link up, bro. And, you know, let's get more people. And that's ultimately what I want to build. You know, I want, I want it to be a, a bigger service so it can expand, you know, so everybody can get that experience, you know, like everyone should at least be able to get, I can't get everywhere at one point, you know, I, I want to be able to have a studio in North Carolina. I want to be able to have one in Atlanta. You know, I want in California, you know, Anywhere artists feels like they can be creative, it should be an engineer there running a studio. You know, like, and that would be statewide. Statewide. I definitely want to turn it into something major because I could see it being that much. That's great. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool concept. What What do you see as far as competition? I mean, in your area, I'm you're in New Jersey. Um, they're close to Brooklyn and you know, New York. Um, what do you see out there? Are you seeing other people doing the same thing? Or do you feel like you're you're really capturing the market in your area without a lot of competition? I honestly think I'm capturing the market in my area. Because anytime I bring it up to somebody or I let them know I do it, it's something new to them. And they're like, whoa. So you're telling me, you're going to, yeah, it's going to sound good. Like, yes. Like, All right, I'll book it. You know, and I always, for my newcomers, I, I show them love, you know, your first mix and master is free. That's on me. You know, so you book the time, whatever song you do, I'll mix and master for free so you can actually hear what I can do alongside what you get in this service. So you can be like, whoa, this is the end product of that right there. But as far as, you know, competition, only competition is is really in the studio, you know, like, my competition would be an engineer that's, you know, years past me, you know, like, but even then that's not my competition. That's my idol, you know? So I have to just look to be there 
and still offer this to them. So I want to be in the studio as, as a beast, you know, like, he's like, he's good there and he's good here. You know, he works both ways. You know, that's giving me a variation. Put him in any situation. And he could make it happen. Yeah. yeah, that's a great perspective, man. Um, what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you getting to where you are today? Consistency. You know, like, like I said, being an artist, trying to be an engineer, you know, I, I gave up on myself a lot. You know, it was times where I didn't want to put out any music because I was discouraged by um, my mixing. You know, I, it's just like, I don't want to go to anyone else. I want to continue to do what I've been doing. And I would stop, you know, if, if I feel like if, if I continue to just push harder, I probably would have gotten a little higher, but I'm so appreciative of where I, I am now. You know, like even though I went through those hurdles and I wasn't consistent as, as uh, much as I wanted to be, where I am now, it just lets me know that everything happens for a reason. You know, like it took me all that time to understand for a reason. So, yeah, and you're better for it. I mean, obviously, yeah, the better. studios have recognized your talent from the time you've put in. That's awesome. So, what what advice would you give someone? You know, I mean, these individuals that are watching you in your mixing sessions and wondering, how is he doing this? The the kids are, or even adults that are passionate about music and they want to get into engineering or they just, they want to help artists make great records. What what advice would you give them from your experience to help them take the next steps? Um, I would definitely tell them, just try to be different in an engineering aspect. Now, understand your artists, and try to be different for them, you know, because engineers are literally the backbone to the music. You know, like that's just without engineers, there there's not really any music at all. So for other engineers, they need to understand you have to understand your artists and have your own style as an engineer. Don't be afraid to do this, you know, don't be afraid to add this effect. You know, don't be afraid to try to show that you can be different because a lot of things sound the same. It's hard to distinguish between an engineer sound. You know, everything's supposed to sound one set way. I feel like, you know, like the way the industry has it and how music is, it's like, it has, this is the sound that it has to have until an engineer comes and changes that sound. You know, they're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. He, oh man, now everybody's doing the same thing. So, you know, so the engineers just do two different things. I try to define my sound so it's, it's distinctive. You hear one of my mixes, you're like, yeah, that's cool though. Yeah, he did that. That's him. You hear that sound right there? Yep, that's him. You know, so that's what I would just try to offer, give to the other engineers out there that's one up and coming. Don't be afraid to be different. Use all those plugins. <laughs> that's valuable. Yeah, I mean, you may as well. Right. Try to try to be different. Try to find ways to stand out. I like it. Well, yeah, Quentin, thank you so much for your time today. This has been really insightful. I think it's it's provided a lot of great in-depth um, information about, you know, how you can build your studio, whether it's a studio on the go or whether it's, you know, in an actual, you know, like a, a studio yeah. setup in a, in a, in a, in a <laughs> brick and mortar studio. So thank you so much <laughs> for the insight. This is pretty wild. Uh, for those that want to learn more about, about you with, uh, you know, Studio Go or Mixed by Kuther, where can they go to find out more information? 
Um, well, right now I would just definitely say lock in with me on Instagram. My Instagram is out there. All you pretty much have to do is type in Kuta Vandross or mixed by Kuta, and I will pop up. Um, I have LinkedIn, you know, I have portfolios. So if you definitely want to see me through my journey in school and you know, all the things that I've did in there and what got me to a more confident level of mixing, you can check out my portfolio. You know, it's Quinn Blue, Kuta Vandross. But um, but yeah, that's how you did. Shortly after speaking with Quentin on our podcast, he launched his own commercial studio space called 310 Purple Heart Studios. So excited for him. Very excited to track his growth. If you'd like to follow him or his growth with his new studio space, check him out on Instagram at 310X Purple Heart Studios, or you can find him on Twitter as well at 310 Purple Heart. For all of our listeners here on Story of a Studio, we invite you to subscribe to the channel so you can catch other interviews by mixing and, and mastering engineers, just like Quentin, uh, hearing their stories, hearing their passion for music and how they're making a difference in the music industry. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon.